1: Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. We have a uh, returning guest, somebody who comes on occasionally when he has time. Very, very busy man, and I'm thrilled that he's with us today. I am, of course, talking about Dr. David Prentice, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background about who this wonderful man is and the amount of incredible work that he has done over the years. Almost 50 years of experience as a scientist and researcher. Dr. Prentice is the Vice President for science. Scientific Affairs at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. He is also the advisory board chair and a founding member of the Midwest Stem Cell Therapy Center. In 2020, he was appointed by the Secretary of Human Health and Services to the Federal Human Fetal Tissue Ethics Advisory Board. He has testified before the House and the Senate. He's been part of the JP2 Institute, the Catholic University of America, on and on and on and on. However, right now, I want to say thank you so much for, for taking some time, David, to be with us. It's always great to talk with you.
0: Glad to do it, Molly. Great to be with you. Thanks.
1: You know, as we were preparing for this, you sent me an article that, as I just said to you before we came on the air, I was astounded, absolutely astounded to read some of the things that we are doing right now with sort of all the incredible work that's that's happening the the scientific you know improvements that are going on and the new the new technology and all that all very exciting very exciting and I'm you know I'm the first one to say you know this is great at you know I can remember back when I was <laughs> growing up on a farm in Africa my goodness we never thought for one moment that we would have all that we, that we have now you know but here we are with you you very recently wrote an article and and folks if you want to get it you need to go to to the um I'm trying to find the, the, where is your, where is it's your?
0: CMDA.org. There you
1: go. I see it right up the top there. Yes, CMDA.org. And I'll put that up on our website so that we've got it there. The, the article is titled, Who Counts Bioethics, Biomedicine and Exploitation of the Nascent Human Beings. And you open it up by talking about the fact that we actually are using artificial intelligence, AI for in vitro fertilization. I looked at that, it didn't seem to make sense, so I read it again. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, firstly, how, you know who, why your title is very, very profound too. Who counts? Who does count?
0: Yeah and, and it, it's a topic that you know rises to the surface once in a while and then bobs down, but it's coming back up again because of what I tend to term opportunities and challenges that we face uh, and, and it does come down to that basic question who counts there are all sorts of new ways that we can discuss uh, how they're making embryos I mean remember the old-fashioned way you mm-hmm. put an egg and a sperm together we called it fertilization and you had a new human being well, there are all sorts of things surfacing and resurfacing now, but it does come back to that basic question. Who counts? Who do we provide moral value to? And who, uh, as C.S. Lewis says, will be considered raw material yeah. just for experiments and so on. So the AI thing popped into my inbox, this story about... uh An IVF clinic and they're always trying to come up with better ways or more efficient ways to make embryos and then to get them to implant and gestate to birth. But you know, it starts right there in that lab dish instead of in the womb. And it's a matter of uh, trying to make the conditions right. They form all sorts of embryos. In fact, the way it's practiced, certainly in the U.S. is really it's just an industry. Uh, make as many embryos as they can at one time, put a few into the womb, throw a bunch of us into the freezer, and uh, basically come back later and thaw those out if you need to try uh, to gestate more human beings to birth. And so uh, this AI protocol, this is one of several, but this one is geared towards trying to pick the best embryo. Which one will be, and they use this term, high quality. Oh my gosh. And this, their point, I, I get what they're trying to do is they're trying to give the best chance so that this little embryo will implant and that little baby will grow and be born. And, and IVF, you know, they've practiced this since, uh, the early 1970s. And it's still only got at best about a twenty five percent success rate wow uh, it It might give some clue as to how uh, when we try and do things our way instead of following the way Ultimate. things have been created yeah. yes that uh, it doesn 't always work out so well but but the AI uh, is supposed to learn what are the characteristics if you look through the microscope, what would indicate that this little being would be able to grow and gestate and be born versus others that are and i'll use the phrase lower quality essentially lower grade human beings because as soon as you start to look at okay which among you as we pointed the crowd which among you are high quality and we're going to focus on you and the rest of you you know we don't really care. We don't care that you're beings. We don't care that you might have just as good a potential to grow and develop. You're already a human being. It's a matter of who we will nurture. Wow. <laughs> and, oh, Molly, wow. And, Molly, it goes downhill from there.
1: You know, but even as you're saying that, David, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, just even within my five children – you know, there were some of them that had different challenges, different things, yeah. and every single one of them are outstanding human beings. Yeah. How can and we and How can they, we do they
0: that? have value. They have value simply because they're a human being. I know. Oh, my Not Because goodness. of, you know, how much money you can earn or how fast you can run or, you know, if you can catch a football and run yeah, farther down the saying? field than somebody else, all of all of the various things that we tend to look at in terms of characteristics, just intrinsically because you're a human being, you know. And, and this is a, a grade uh, essentially that they're using. There's another technique that they use in these fertility clinics called PGD, pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. And what they do is they take one of these little embryos. You're only a few cells big. At that stage, maybe eight to 16 cells, they pluck one of your cells off and then do a genetic analysis. Now, supposedly, that's to tell whether this little being has a genetic disease or something and so on. We're right back to the eugenics thing.
1: Exactly right.
0: Uh, I want a perfect baby or I want, you know, you can go the next step. We'll analyze not just for negatives, but will this little being grow taller? Will they have blue eyes? Will they, you know, all of the genetic characteristics that go in, and it quickly becomes a matter, again, of deciding who counts. Wow.
1: Wow! You know, there's another thing here that which really sort of stood out when I read this article, David, and that was the, the whole idea of a synthetic embryo. What mm-hmm. on earth is that? I mean, I'm reading. I'm thinking now. How do? I, how? What is that? <laughs> a yeah. synthetic embryo. And, and the term is
0: is a misnomer, frankly, and it's being used by people that are doing these experiments to make you think that these are not real embryos. These are not real human beings. It's a it's a model or something else that we've put together, you know, maybe made out of Play-Doh or Tinker Toys or something, mm-hmm. but it's not real. Mm-hmm. And so what are they talking about? What are they using to make these? Well, so we've got the old-fashioned way to make an embryo with a sperm and egg. Keep in mind that uh soon after that, a number of years ago, they came up with cloning. Remember the cloning Yes, I dollars? do. Yeah, and yeah. They would take a, a nucleus, the genetic material from a, another person and put that into an egg. And essentially, that's the clone. That's you and yeah. reproduced. Mm-hmm. And of course, the whole thing was, well, we're not going to let those go to birth, but we're going to kill them after a few oh days uh, to do experiments. So it's OK, right? It's.
1: Yeah. As long as, as, right, long as the but, evil we're doing is going to give us some good at the end. That's, this is where yeah, we well, always and, go. Yeah.
0: And that was the promise, that you would come up with all these <laughs> cures and you would have matched tissues and organs for transplant. Well, it didn't work out. It didn't work out well for Dolly, and it didn't work out for any of the clowns. But so they keep coming up with, well, what about this way? What mm-hmm. if we made a three-parent embryo, which is kind of a combination of cloning and some genetic manipulation. Uh, your listeners probably remember a few years ago the Chinese scientist who did genetic editing of these little embryos, these little girls, and then gestated them to birth. And he found out, oh, wait, that didn't actually work out. We were trying to make them so they wouldn't be susceptible to the HIV virus. But we made them more susceptible to flu, West Nile. We
1: probably oh my
0: decreased their lifespan and changed their intelligence. Yep. Oh my There's a lot, of, a lot of hubris going on. So now the thing is, well, you don't like us making embryos that way, and you're against us making embryos that way. How about this? Let's make, and we'll call it a synthetic embryo. And what they do is they take some stem cells. Embryonic stem cells, or there's another type called IPS cells, but it has the, the same characteristics as those in an early embryo. And they combine these in the lab dish. And in fact, there's a scientist in Israel who's come up with a way with these little rolling bottles that he can get mouse embryos to grow in what amounts to an artificial womb halfway through gestation. And he wants to do it with these human synthetic embryos. Now, again, these are real embryos. Yep. The way they are made is synthetic yes. or artificial. But
1: this is, you know, a sperm and an egg. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it has to start from, and then they do all kinds of fun, th- sort of fantastic yeah. and, and they, horrible stuff. And-
0: In this embryo, though, instead of sperm and egg or instead of cloning or using any eggs, they mix different stem cells together in the test tube. But this thing then forms an embryo and they use all sorts of euphemism, whether it's synthetic or artificial or it's a model, but they keep saying it's not real. Well, you know, back to our, our friend in, in Israel who grew mouse babies. Halfway through gestation and what we called babies in bottles, he's already formed a company that he wants to make your synthetic embryo. It's essentially your clone. It's a new way to clone and then grow that clone of you in his little roller bottles through gestation to the point where he can start to harvest organs and tissues. Absolutely it's you know science fiction has been there before there are all sorts of movies and books about growing copies of people and and harvesting their organs and so on it's here it's already uh where people not only can do it at least with animal embryos but they are starting to do it now with human embryos. Yeah,
1: this is unbelievable. And, you know, you, you point out in your article as well, David, that the, the number of, of lives. And let's, let's say mm-hmm. it to exactly what it is, the number of lives that are destroyed in doing these kinds of things.
0: And, it's exactly that. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's an estimate, of course, yeah. because they don't publish most of this information. I mean, uh, we complain about just abortion reporting in the United States where there's some states don't report don't or, yeah. Yeah. or you know, various things. And so we can get close because of the ones who do report. uh And we put out a whole series of papers on what's really going on in the states. But, you know, there most of the states are reporting numbers of abortions. But most of these scientists do not report how many little human beings are made as embryos in their labs and then experimented on. So we, we've made an estimate, and over the last 50 years, somewhere around 50 million human lives, experimental beings, if you will, that have been created and destroyed in these kinds of experiments.
1: Wow. wow. I mean the destruction and then you and then you put on top of that the actual abortions that are taking place. You look at how, right. you know honestly right. I don't see I mean I know China's in in big trouble with regards to population as as mm-hmm. and, and Japan is in freefall down. I mean they just they just imploding because of the number of abortions. It you cannot keep on doing this to human life without having some sort of really significant consequences to this.
0: You, you can't. And and frankly, uh, there are a number of other countries, including the U.S., that are approaching this same kind yep. of what they call demographic winter, Yep. where you're you're not allowing babies to be born or you're only picking the ones that you think are high quality. Back to our original. Exactly discussion. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of convenience. Babies become products uh to be sort of bought and sold, and uh, the only ones that you keep are the high quality. But there's this whole attitude that life is being devalued, and Absolutely. every human being, instead of being a person of worth created by God, is simply a product uh, to be used and discarded.
1: Yep, exactly. You know, you, you also did, and I'm probably com- coming back to your article as well in a, in a while, but you've just done a, a very interesting, um, you've given a very interesting talk with, with, I guess, one of your colleagues, Tara, uh, Tara Sander Lee. Um, about this whole thing exploiting nascent human beings and and the the challenges that we 're facing, can you tell the listeners, the listeners some of the challenges that we 're facing, and I can think of one immediately, and that is the fact that we 've got to educate people
0: yeah it 's a big thing and well let me let me quote you from proverbs twenty four we 're supposed to rescue those who are being taken away to death and hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And if you say, Behold, we didn't know this, doesn't he who weighs the heart perceive it? And does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not requite man according to his work? We need to know about these yes. things. God is going to hold us responsible. Yes. And as you said at the beginning, there's well, so many of these things going on that, you know, we think it's, uh, you're making this up, this is not fiction, but it's not. Start with one. David, that the listeners are, are aware of fetal tissue research. If your listeners remember, back in 2015, eight years ago, David DeWalden had done this undercover set of videos where he went into the abortion clinics and posed as uh, basically a middleman to buy baby body parts or whole aborted babies. The idea being that then, oh, they might have so many livers that they could sell to researchers or so many brains it it became stomach churning but that was the truth and it was eye-opening for many people to see that this was even going on and then to hear the researchers say but we have to do this it's the only way that we'll make all of these medical cures well you know we've we've heard that before molly Absolutely. Time and time again, whether it's aborted baby body parts, whether it's destroyed embryos for their embryonic stem cells, over and over and over again, but all empty promises. Yep. Compared to adult stem cells, for example, that have already successfully treated over two million people around the globe, and and more coming for dozens of different. Diseases and conditions, but people need to know. So we've gone from fetal tissue and aborted baby body parts and embryonic stem cells. We destroy those embryos, and then as I said, well, let's make let's make the embryos in a different way. Let's make cloned embryos. Oh, you don't like that? Well, what about three parent embryos? Yep. Well, let's let's do that. Or you know, we've talked about the synthetic embryos. We've talked about uh, genetically engineered human beings. Now, this, I'm sure people are going, oh, this is really science fiction. You've been yep. reading comic books or something. <laughs> take like take that.
1: your tin hat over, which is well, the one that people like to say yeah. to me. Oh, really, yeah, Molly? Except, come on. <laughs>
0: except it's real. Yeah. It's real, and it's happening now. And, you know, China, yes, they're one of the worst offenders. They were where those two little gene-edited girls, and, in fact, there's been a third born, uh, this scientist, they kind of look the other way in terms of the ethics. In fact, I'm convinced the Chinese in this instance really supported it. And then when the world community thought it was terrible, then they backed up and they said, okay, we're going to keep you under house arrest for a couple of years and then we'll let you back out. And the scientist is back out and still proposing to do Gene additive human beings i guess to to make perfect babies, uh, but yeah, this is going on right now, and uh, the sad thing, Molly the scientific community by and large now there are there are exceptions, obviously, but by and large, the scientific community is whole hog behind
1: this absolutely and, they, and that's, our but, uh, that's our problem that's our problem
0: it really is they've really lost any ethical moorings or any moral compass so that a couple of years ago there's a group called the international society for stem cell research and they put out their recommendations there used to be what was called a 14 day limit now (laughs) we don't agree with it but it was put in back in the 1990s and the idea was okay we'll let you experiment on human embryos in the lab but you can't grow them farther than 14 days. Uh it was really only because it was a fortnight. There was no scientific reason whatever. And everybody in the scientific community said, "Oh yeah, that's fine. You know, that's a good uh that's a good moral line we won't cross that." Well, they couldn't cross it. They didn't have the technology that, to do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah.
0: Uh, who cares whether they agreed with it or not. So, a couple of years ago, all of a sudden, a couple of different laboratories said, hey, look what we can do. We can grow human embryos in the lab right up to that line. Now, we we were good and we abided by it, but, you know, we got to do away with that. So this group came out with recommendations like there's no more 14-day limit. Now, you might think, okay, did they pick a scientifically valid limit later on? And by the way, we think there ought to be a zero day limit
1: that you Absolutely. shouldn't
0: experiment on any human being, no matter how old they are. What these people said was no more 14 day limit and grow them as long as you like, as long as it's scientifically justifiable. Oh, wow. my God. If I'm a scientist who wants to do this, I can come up with all sorts of reasons to just keep working, just yep. like our, our friend that wants to grow babies in bottles. But exactly. it didn't stop there. They said, yeah, fine to make these synthetic embryos or embryo models or whatever you want to com- call them and do whatever you want with them. You can do genetic engineering on them. You can make human animal." Hybrids, which by the way, they think are fine, and you can gestate those at least part way through development just to see what happens, you know, and see if the experiment worked or genetically alter human embryos, make three parent embryos, and gestate them to birth. And yeah, it really was a case where I'm hard pressed to see anything that they were against.
1: Uh, This is the problem that we're up against. And you know, David, I know that the Charlotte Lozier Institute, which is where you are and, and where you're doing all your work, I know that you have got the most incredible educational tools through the Institute. And I think this yes. is something we've got to do. We've got to make sure people understand why we oppose these things, what it's about, and make sure it Love gets you. out there. I am going to get you back on the show because we've only just touched the surface, just scratched <laughs> the surface <laughs> because we've definitely got to do it. And, and, and folks, watch your calendars because I'm going to send Dr. David Prentice some information and I'm, I'm hoping to have him here in March of 2024 to be part of our Bringing America go back to live convention but David in the meantime thank you so much for all you're doing God bless you for for bringing this to our attention and, and keeping us informed of all of this thank you so much Okay, God, right, God bless you lots bye-bye don't go anywhere I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest